0: death and resurrection, that I was going to come back and, uh, look at some seemingly contradictions, uh, in the scriptures as it pertains to this. And, uh, last week I mentioned that, uh, there were some things that I really wanted to continue to pursue in my studies because I'd come across some things while I was studying that, uh, Kind of got my mind to thinking and wondering if I was correct and what I was what I was going to be teaching, and so I wanted to look into it a little bit further. And so uh, uh, I've done that this week, and I continue to do that. And I'll just be honest with you: um, I just pray that the Spirit give me the ability to speak on this this morning because as I've dove into this, and I know it seems to be kind of cutting dry. And I'll be honest, I've always taken, I don't say always, I've taken the stand on the Wednesday death of Christ because of uh, Christ's own words, three days and three nights. And that can't be worked out in any other way except for a uh, Wednesday crucifixion. And then also, as what we'll be talking about today, the the two Sabbaths uh, that appeared that week. Uh, whether they were on the same day or were they the same Sabbath or what what, what was the Sabbath that we see in these passages but as I begin (laughs) as I begin to study these things and I'll be honest um, I still don't have all this stuff learned I don't have it down I'm still learning on these things and studying Uh, there was a lot of things in here overwhelming especially whenever you go back and try to tie these into. to uh, because as I mentioned The importance of these dates. We're not trying to argue for argument's sake. Okay, I'm not here to try to debate people on which day is which, just to have a debate. The reason we take these stands and the reason we teach these things, and again, you know, is, am I going to break fellowship with somebody who says, you know, Christ died on Thursday? No, I'm not going to do that. But the Bible is given to us, and all Scripture is given to us, and it's profitable for. What? Doctrine? For teaching. And it's for correction and for rebuke. It's there to correct us in our thinking about what the Bible says about these things. And so, um, is it a gospel issue? Well, some may say that it is, some may say that it isn't, and that's, you know, how, whatever it comes to you guys. But to me, it's an important thing because it's, it, it's Christ fulfilling the law. Christ fulfilling all the prophecies about himself, all the types, the foreshadows, the feasts, the festivals, all the things that God had given for Israel to uh, celebrate and to worship and to do, all those things was to point to this one event, which was Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. And there was meaning behind those things. And so Christ, in coming to fulfill all the law, and the law being keeping these feasts and festivals and all these things and keeping those things and fulfilling those things on our behalf he has to keep them to the very t, right which we know he can because he's God so there were days that was allotted for certain festivals and feasts and so the reason that we go back and look at these things is because the importance is not so much in whether we're right and someone else is wrong on what day it is it's whether or not it's what we're teaching lining up with scripture because jesus death was at an appointed time jesus made mention and I, I meant to go back this week and look and find all the places that jesus said it and i know he said it in multiple places but he said you know my time has not yet come one of the times he was supposed to go up They were having the feast, and he was going to go up to the feast, but the the, uh, leaders were going to try to kill him, but it wasn't his time to die. And so he told his disciples, you go on up to the feast, and I'll come later, because my time has not yet come. Well, it wasn't his time. There was an appointed time for Jesus to die, and it had to be in keeping with all the types and foreshadows and the feasts and festivals that that was in the Old Testament. And so that was one of the reasons why I placed so much importance in this. Well, in digging through all this and looking at all of the types and foreshadows, which there is a ton of types and foreshadows, it was overwhelming. I, I was just overwhelmed by that. That's part of the reason why last week I wasn't prepared to do the study. And even this week, I don't think I'm still fully prepared to do this, but I at least want to get into some of the parts that I think that the Lord has given for me to see and understand uh, and I pray that it is the truth and not my own understanding but the importance of this is because Jesus' death fulfills the Passover Jesus' death uh, fulfills uh, the uh, wave offering uh, the sheaf offering uh, on the day that he rose from the dead and those days fell on certain days and the day of Pentecost when the day of Pentecost happened that's also part of that uh, feast of weeks so or that wave off, the, the sheep, uh offering whenever that begins it's a countdown of 50 days and Christ on, on that day that's whenever the Holy Spirit uh, was poured out upon the church was at the end of that And so these times have to line up in accordance to the festivals and the feasts and the times that God had allotted for them to celebrate these things for it to be that very uh, fulfillment. And so that's why we place this importance. That's why we're doing this. I know some people may watch and listen and say, you know, you're harping at things that don't need to harp about. Preach the gospel. Just preach preaching. But the Bible says that he's given pastors and teachers... Sometimes we we pastor and we and we do our pastoring thing. Sometimes we have to do our teaching thing. You know, we preach, but we also teach when we preach. Preaching is the proclamation of the gospel. Teaching is the disseminating of that preaching. Sometimes we have to we preach the message, but sometimes we go back and we have to teach what all we're talking about. We're having to teach these little things. We could take a passage of scripture and preach on this passage of scripture, but sometimes we need to take a topic and teach upon this topic because it's to get that doctrine. We have to go in several places throughout the scripture, and so there's an importance I think on both these things. And um, sometimes we 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 do this. We'll stop and we'll we'll break things down and we'll go back and look at this thing so that we might have a right understanding, a correct understanding of things. And again correction is always there for me, to, uh, if I'm wrong, you know, as long as it's with the Scripture. Okay, so with that being said, the thing I'd like to look at this, this morning, and if you'll turn to Matthew uh, chapter uh, uh, 12, that's kind of where we want to begin. The, the contradiction that I want to talk about this morning, the seemingly con- the seemingly contradiction that seems to be there, okay? Okay. Um, is this issue about the Sabbaths. Um, We hold that there was two Sabbaths that week that Christ died. And it wasn't on the same day. Okay? It wasn't on the same day. There were two different days that this Sabbath took place. And we hold that Jesus died on a Wednesday, that the high Sabbath that John talks about was on Thursday... And then the Friday in between, and then Saturday, which was the weekly Sabbath, and then Sunday, which was the first day of the week, which also was the first day of the wave sheave offerings, the the beginning of the Feast of Weeks, okay? Which is also in the time period of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which began on Thursday, which was the reason for the high day, the, the Sabbath, the annual Sabbath. So on Thursday was an annual Sabbath. On Saturday was a weekly Sabbath, okay? Every Saturday was a Sabbath, right, for them. But yet they had an annual Sabbath that had to do with the Passover. And that began with the um, first day of unleavened bread, okay? So <clears throat> the day before unleavened bread was the day of preparation. That's whenever uh, the lamb was to be killed. They was to have the the uh, uh, Passover meal was to be at... Uh, beginning at the evening uh, and as we'll see that the, that was to be between the evenings and we'll talk about that here in a minute but anyway all this points to things as it pertains to Christ right um, so we seem to have a contradiction because there seems to be a Sabbath now I just kind of put out a little uh, wrote down a little thing typed out a thing here on what the contradiction might be what the naysayers might say and this is what the naysayers might say We are clearly told that Jesus rose from the dead on the day after the Sabbath, on the first day of the week. Okay, so it's the day after the Sabbath, on the first day of the week. We're also told that Jesus had to be taken from the cross and buried before the Sabbath began. So, with that being said, and we of course know those to be true, many people will say, therefore, Jesus had to have died on Friday, because that's the day before the Sabbath. And then he rose on Sunday the day after the Sabbath. Just as the Bible says. He died before the Sabbath. He rose after the Sabbath. Okay? And so that's what people say. And traditionally that's what's being celebrated in these Easter celebrations around the world is that Jesus died on a Friday and that he rose on Sunday morning. Okay? At the crack of dawn. I mean, we, we always had a uh, 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 sunrise services you know we'd always get up and wait for the sun to come up and there we go that's the time that jesus rose from the graves at the sun up? but actually that's not what the bible teaches and we'll see that hopefully <clears throat> so the contradiction seems to be how can jesus have died on friday rose on sunday the first day of the week And that fit with what the Bible says about, number one, Jesus declaring that he would be in the grave three days and three nights. That's a contradiction. A Friday death and a Sunday rising, and even a Thursday death and a Sunday rising, doesn't fit three days and three nights. Right? This doesn't take into account there were two Sabbaths that week which we hopefully are going to see by scripture today that there were two Sabbaths that week and the reason that we find that is three, it doesn't fit the account of the women gathering spices the Bible has two passages particularly that talk about the women gathering spices, preparing spices and they seem to be in direct contradiction of each other and the fact that they seem to be in direct contradiction to each other is the very foundation for why we know and understand that there was two Sabbaths. Now, to some this may be, who cares? But the reason we are so interested in this is because, is our Bible true? Can we believe our Bible? Is our Bible man-written and therefore full of errors? Is this the Word of God? If this is the Word of God, it cannot be wrong. And every word, the Bible says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. If all of this Scripture is given by inspiration of God, then that means that every part of it has to coincide with each other. It has to line up with each other, and it cannot contradict. It's the truth. So if we have a Scripture that says this, and it seems to contradict this... If we don't, un- if if we think that that's contradictory, that's not true, because the Bible does not contradict itself. What's contradictory is the understanding in our mind. We are contradicting the Bible. The Bible's true. We are the ones who do not have truth. Right? The only way we have truth is whenever we have what the Word of God says. That's the truth. Okay. <clears throat> so our thinking has to be. What does God's word say? And so if we see two passages of Scripture that seems to be contradictory, we need to study to find out why do those things say what they say because we know God's word isn't wrong. We know it doesn't contradict. So it, it's it's now we begin to pray for the Spirit to give us understanding. We pray for the Holy Spirit to teach us what does this mean? How could that be that these two things exist being in complete and total opposition to each other. Okay? We'll see that as well. And then fourthly, it doesn't fit. The Friday death, the Sunday rising, doesn't fit the prophetic f- fulfillment of Jesus fulfilling the law legally and symbolically. It just doesn't fit. Now first, let's look at the three days and the three nights. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 38, <clears throat> It says this, it says, Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall... Oh, excuse me. That's where how far I want to go. So here we see Jesus giving a, um, giving a comparison between him being in the grave for three days and three nights to Jonah being in the belly of the whale three days and three nights. Now, we've already talked about back on uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago whenever we first started talking on these things we already seen that the scriptures has already laid down the principle in Genesis that biblical time God's time period not America's not western civilizations not even modern day civilizations time period is what counts. It's what God's time period is. And God set up in the beginning the evening and the morning were the first day. So the evening and the morning, nighttime, daytime, that counts as one day. Okay? So if you say three days and three nights, that would literally be evening, morning, evening, morning, evening, morning. That's three days and three nights. Now, you can't get that from Friday if Jesus died at 3 o'clock on Friday, around 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon, almost to dusk, almost time that 6 o'clock sunset, around 6 o'clock sunset, whenever the new day begins and the Sabbath begins, which would be Saturday, if you're going by their time, going by their thoughts. Jesus died on Friday. He was in the grave Friday night. He was in the grave. Friday day or Saturday day or excuse me he's in there Saturday evening, Saturday morning, Sunday and then he's supposed to be risen between that time period well that doesn't work, it's not three days and three nights that's barely two days and two nights okay Thursday doesn't work as well so the three days and three nights that Jesus says here did Jesus lie Did Jesus misspeak? Was Jesus just given an example, but yet it isn't going to be literal? Now, I know there's going to be naysayers saying, well, Mike, you're one of the biggest spiritualizers of the scripture. How come now all of a sudden you want to be literal? Well, the reason that I say it's literal here is because he uses the term three days and three nights. If Jesus would have just said three days at that point, yeah, I probably could have took a a non-literal translation of this. A non-literal thinking of this. But Jesus specifically said three days and three nights. He made it very pointed. He didn't just say three days, which could have been partial days, but it is actual days and nights. There was three days involved. There was three nights involved. And So what Jesus says to me trumps What any kind of tradition says. What Jesus says is important. Okay? Now, look at Matthew uh, chapter 26. We see Jesus basically says this again. Matthew 26. Look down if you would at verse uh, 60. sorry this wasn't Jesus speaking this was the uh, chief priest it says but first I think I typed down the wrong verse 3 verse 15 starting in verse 59 now the chief priest and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death but found none yea though many false witnesses came yet found they none at the last came two false witnesses and said this fellow said I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days so here's another reference to three days now it doesn't say three days and three nights but remember these are false witnesses coming and giving a false testimony of what Jesus said okay and so um, they just said three days now Jesus said the same thing look with me uh, Matthew uh, uh, well let's look at Matthew 27 while we're here Matthew 27, and look at verse 62. Now, the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests, now, pay note of that, the day after the preparation, day of preparation. Jesus died on the day of preparation. So, this is the day after the day of preparation. Or should I say, it was the next morning after this day, right? Now the next day that followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days, after three days, I will rise again. So at the conclusion of three days, he would rise again. Now again these seem to be contradictory they just say three days this other this other group said three days when jesus talked about taking down the temple he said you know tear down this temple in three days i will build it back again okay but yet we got to take the seemingly obscured verses in light of the clear verses and jesus clearly said three days and three nights so that now takes us to these verses where just three days is used and we have to understand that that obviously that means three days and three nights not just three partial days because Jesus made it very clear three days and three nights so that clears up any clouded verse that seems to make it sound like it could be a partial day or not a partial day Jesus said three days and three nights that trumps all these other verses that just says three days so those that ones that say three days meant a full 24 hour period Three full three full days. Morning, night. Morning, night. Morning, night. Morning, or night, morning, night, morning, night, morning. Okay? So, those three. <clears throat> so, the Friday death, the Thursday death, doesn't fulfill the three days and the three nights. So, if the scriptures to be true, if Jesus is not a liar, then the crucifixion has to be on Wednesday. That's the only way we can get three days and three nights. He died on Wednesday at the at the right before the thursday morning sabbath right so he died on wednesday he was in the grave wednesday thursday friday saturday and on saturday as it was dawning to the first day of the week between that time period twilight whatever that period as it was coming out of sabbath On to the first day of the week. Jesus rose there. Now that was at night time though. That was at night time. Because the Sabbath ended at 6 p.m. at sunset. And the next day, which was the first day of the week, began at 6 or 01 or whatever, whatever time. As soon as that sunset hit. That's whenever the new week started. Jesus rose at that time. As it was dawning from the day of the Sabbath... So now three days and three nights have passed, the dawning of the first day of the week. Okay? So that's important. Why is that important? Well, number one, it fulfills the three days and the three nights. Now, the second reason and the second seemingly contradiction that we see is the Sabbath. Some people say, well, what about the Sabbath?" Uh, You know, it says that uh, Jesus rose after the Sabbath uh, and that he died right before the Sabbath, so it has to be Friday. Well, is that the only thing that could happen? Well, no. No, no. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 19. And look with me at verse 31. It says the Jews therefore because it was the preparation that is the day of the preparation so here again there's another passage of scripture that's saying that Jesus died on the day of preparation this is the day before the feast of unleavened bread okay this is the, this is the day before the, excuse me, the feast of unleavened bread so the feast of unleavened bread is the beginning of that the first day of that Remember, there was seven days. The first day of that is a holy convocation. We'll read that, but look what it says here. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not make, uh, remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, beside Pilate, that the legs might be broken and they might be taken away. So we see here that the day that Jesus died was a day before the Sabbath but it wasn't the regular Sabbath, it was a high Sabbath or a holy Sabbath it was a different Sabbath than the weekly Sabbath it was a a special Sabbath Okay, now we see that uh, back in Leviticus chapter 23 so if you want to look in Leviticus with me Leviticus 23 and in verse 5 Actually, let's start. Uh, let's start at verse 4. Sorry about These are the mm-hmm. feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, excuse me, even holy convocations which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. In the 14th day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. Okay, so they were to celebrate the Passover at the even time on the 14th day of the first month. That's the month of Nisan, 14th of Nisan, or a bib. Some people go by that calendar and call it Abib. but the 14th of Nisan, all right? And so, that is the day of the Passover. That's also the day, that day is the day of preparation. Because that evening, the Passover lamb is to be killed. And it's to be killed, according to the law, it was to be killed after midday. And it had to be killed before sunset. And it had to be cooked and ate. According to God's preparation, right? But the thing is, is it died after midday and before sunset, so it had to be before, after midday before sunset. Now we also learn through Scripture that there were two Passover meals. There was the individual Passover meal that was ate in the family house, as each family did, just like in the Exodus. The night of the Passover, every household had to do what God had done, told them to do, eat the lamb the way it did, take the blood, put it on the doorpost, all that stuff. They continued to do that in their homes. But from that evening, that was the first evening. On the next evening, they were to take that uh, Passover meal, and they did that in the house of God. And so there was two Passover meals. Now, the Bible says that the that the lamb has to be slain between the... Or that the lamb is to die between the evenings. And that word... And this is why I say this is so complex, and there's a lot to study, and I still have a whole lot to learn on this. And I'll just be honest with you, and, and I may not even be able to convey this very good even this morning. But do a study. Go back and take that phrase... Between the evenings, and look at, and see, there is a lot of places in Scripture where that term "between the evenings" is uh, is used. Uh, the Passover Lamb, uh, we see that there are several places in the Old Testament where "between the evenings" is used. God uses that between the evenings, so it was a specific time period, and so we see that that basically means around sunset, around dusk. Okay, right before. Between the evenings. Because as we take the day, it starts in the evening time, right? And it comes up, and then you hit midday. Well, as you go from evening to midday, that is going into the morning. But as soon as you hit midday, what happens now? Now we're going towards the evening. Even though it may be daylight, we're still going into the evening time. Now, in our time period, it's midnight to noon, right? Whenever we hit noon, now we're afternoon. And so now we're working our way to nighttime. We're working our way to midnight. The next day begins at midnight. But it's dark, right? But that's the beginning of the next day. It's the beginning of the next day. But it's still not bright time out. It's still dark. So if we could just kind of shift our understanding from midnight to midnight to sunset to sunset, we kind of see now from sunset to sunset is one day, a, day and an, or a night and a day. However, at midday, from there on to sunset is the evening time. It's beginning to go into the evening time. And so the lamb had to be slain between midday and between evening or the sunset. Okay? But it says here, On the fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread. Unto the Lord seven days you must eat unleavened bread. In the first day... Ye shall have a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. So here we see that on the day of the Passover is the day before the Feast of Unleavened Bread begins. Jesus had to die before the Feast of Unleavened Bread because the Bible says that the Passover lamb was to be killed the day before that. And the Passover lamb was to be killed between midday and between um, um evening time now Jesus we know the bible says in um, mark chapter 15 mark chapter 15 we see that he let's see it's uh, mark chapter 15 verse 25. says, and it was the third hour, and they crucified him. Now, if we figure up the third hour, that's around 9 o'clock in the morning. Okay? So Jesus was crucified at 9 o'clock in the morning. However, he died. He died at around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which is found in Matthew chapter 27. This is why it's so hard to understand these guys because you have to survey the whole Bible to get these timelines. Matthew chapter 27 and then verse 46. It says, About the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that, that said, this man called before Elias, and straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. And came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now, we see here that it was about the ninth hour that Jesus uh, died. So his death was between midday and even time, or sunset, according to the word of God. He had to die according to the word of God. Now, again... This may be come across as completely jumbled up to everybody. I pray that it's not. But it may come across as jumbled. But here's the thing. What an amazing thing to see how intricately God has decreed all things to take place in its exact time. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there is a time for everything. God has appointed everything a certain time. And even down to the very time of death, everybody is appointed. It's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. His time is appointed. He knows when we are going to die. He knows exactly the point because he has declared it. And Jesus, the Bible says that by the determinate counsel of God, that means God determined within the Godhead, God made the decision of when and how exactly that Christ would die. And if that did not happen, then God's determinate counsel means nothing. If Christ didn't die according to the determinate counsel of God, then God is not sovereign. God is a liar. Christ did not do all that God had given him to do. And therefore, we have no hope because we have a Savior that is not God, that is is tainted, that has not kept the law for us. We have no righteousness of our own. You see why these things are important? Oh, it don't matter what day is important. Well, there is some importance to it because Jesus had to fulfill all the things of the law. And one of the things was that the Passover lamb, if he is our Passover lamb, had to be slain according to the law, which was on the day of preparation between midday and sunset, which he was. And he died exactly on that day. But yet he also had to rise on a certain day because the Bible says after a certain period of time, there is the beginning of the Feast of Weeks. The wave-sheaf offering was given. What was that? The first of the harvest. The first of the harvest. The wave-sheaf offering was to be given. Jesus was the first fruit from the dead, right? But then we also see that the fulfillment of the Feast of Weeks ended at Pentecost, which is also the completion of the new harvest. And that was the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all those in Jerusalem that day whenever Peter got up and preached. And there were people from all over the world that was there that heard. And what happened? How many people were saved that day? We use the term saved. How many people were converted that day? That was the first fruit. That was the first of the harvest. And it it coincided with the feast That God had set up, Jesus had fulfilled by His death, by His burial, and by His resurrection, His ascension into heaven, and His sending of the Holy Spirit. Remember, He said, I have to go. If I don't go away, the Comforter will not come. And the Comforter has to come because there's certain things that the Comforter is going to be doing. There's certain things that the Holy Spirit, my spirit is coming to accomplish the rest of what we are talking about in this eternal covenant of God, there's something that's going to take place and part of that was whenever the Holy Spirit came, was poured out upon the church and the church uh, that day was the first harvest and it coincided with the feast of weeks during the time of unleavened bread. So that is one of the reasons why it's so important. And so Jesus died on a high Sabbath. A holy convocation was to be said. So we see that he died the day before the Sabbath. But then the question is, Is well, wait a minute, he said that he rose after the Sabbath. So are you saying that he rose on Friday? Well, no. Because he said he'd be in the grave three nights and three days. So that leads us to, so here we see that Jesus could have died. He didn't have to die on Friday to fulfill the dying before the Sabbath, because Thursday was the Sabbath. So he could have died before Thursday, and still fulfilled what was being said about him dying and being taken down before the Sabbath. So that fits, right? So let's move into the contradiction that really kind of solidifies every bit of this, in my opinion. And that is the women and the spices. Look with me, if you would, at Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, and in verse 50, we find this account. Luke 23:50. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on." So here we see, here's another confirmation that Jesus died on the day of preparation and that the Sabbath, the Holy Convocation or the High Sabbath was the next day. So they were trying to get Jesus down, buried before that Sabbath began but that Sabbath was before the day of Convocation. Well, it could not have been because, because that day was on the 14th of Nisan. It could have been the weekly Sabbath. Okay? So here we see that, look at verse 55, And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulchre and how his body was lain. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested on the Sabbath day according to the commandment. So they returned and prepared spices and then uh, rested on the Sabbath day. Now, this can sound like, you know, Wait a minute, they went and prepared spices and then they rested on the Sabbath. So that was that that could have been, you know, Friday, that could have been Thursday, Wednesday, what day was that? So we gotta search the scriptures because there seems to be another contradictory passage. Now keep your finger there in Luke, but look if you would at Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Look at verse 1. It says, And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Siloam had bought spices that they might come and anoint him. So here we see that it was after the Sabbath that they bought spices and prepared them. Now the verse that we just read said that they prepared the spices and then rested on the Sabbath right they prepared the spices and rested on the Sabbath Now, how can you have preparing spices and rested on the Sabbath but going and purchasing the spices after the Sabbath that seems to be contradictory right well how can that take place well if you remember in that video that we watched at the beginning of our study of this we've seen uh, exactly what took place the only way that this can take place and not contradict each other is for there to be two Sabbaths. There is one Sabbath where they they gathered the spices and prepared them and then rested on the Sabbath. And then there is a time whenever they uh, bought the spices after the Sabbath. So there was a gap between a Sabbath and a Sabbath. They bought the spices and prepared them after the Sabbath, as we just seen in Mark 16. That would be the high day Sabbath, which is Thursday. So Friday, that day, they bought the spices, prepared them, which was the day before the weekly Sabbath. And so they prepared the spices, and then they rested on the Sabbath, which was the weekly Sabbath. So you have the, the Sabbath as the high day. After that, they bought and prepared the spices. And then they rested on the Saturday, which was the weekly Sabbath. And then on the first, dawning of the first day of the week is whenever they went to the tomb to see whether or not, or, and to anoint and, and put it on Jesus. Now, that fits the time frame. That fits the three days and the three nights. It fits the two Sabbaths of the week. It fits these gathering of the spices. It fits what the Bible says. Now, there's no contradiction in those things. Now, but here's the question that people always raise up about these women. Well, why did the women, if they bought the spices and prepared them on Friday, why didn't they just go and anoint Jesus on Friday? Why did they wait until Sunday? Why didn't they just go on that same day and anoint him? Why did they wait and then rest on the Sabbath? Well, of course, on the Sabbath, they couldn't do that. The Sabbath before, they couldn't do that. That's why they didn't do that. And so why didn't they just go ahead and do it on Friday? Well, if you will uh, remember, there was, uh, there was the uh, chief priest. The chief priest had went and said, Hey, listen, these disciples are going to come and steal Christ's body. And so, what did Pilate do? Pilate gave them orders to go and to seal the tomb where Jesus was laid. Now, that wasn't them going and rolling a stone in front of the, the door, that was Joseph of Arimathea. And Nicodemus, they're the ones who rolled that stone in front of the tomb. But what did Pilate do? He said, send some guards to guard the thing and seal the tomb. What does that mean? That meant that they were to put the seal of Pilate on there. And so there was a warning there. Nobody messes with this thing. And so they said, do that, because he said after three days, that, uh, uh, that was back in Matthew 27, Right, let me get back there so I don't misquote it. Right, Matthew 27 and verse 62. Remember he said, "Command." Or verse 64, Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure un- until the third day lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people he is risen from the dead so the last error shall be worse than the first and Pilate said unto them ye have a watch go your way make it as sure as you can so that they went and made the sepulchre sure sealing the stone and setting a watch so the reason that the women didn't go on Friday to anoint the body of Jesus is because Pilate had sent guards to keep watch over the over the grave and that he said he sealed upon there that nobody could open and get into that thing so the women couldn't by law open that tomb otherwise they would be breaking the law that Pilate had set for them so that's why they didn't go on Friday but the tomb and the the mandate to not go in there was only for after three days remember right there in verse 64 to make it sure until the third day So Pilate's seal was no longer effective after the third day. So the women was able to go and open up the tomb and go go in there if if they could have done this. But it was already open when they got there, remember? But here's another thing, brethren, about this women and the spices and and the two Sabbaths. Does the Bible teach that there was two Sabbaths? Yes. Do we know that this week, had two Sabbaths. Well, I think the Bible was clear. Look with me if you would at Matthew twenty eight. This was one of the things that I found this week and it that caused me to pause and I wanted to wait until this week because I had never seen this before. Now that I've seen this it made sense and I wanted to make sure that this was true. Matthew twenty eight and verse one Everybody's there. I want everybody to read this. Page. Follow along with me on this. It says, "In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary uh, to see the sep- uh, came. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake from the angel." I mainly wanted to pause here and look at "in the end of the Sabbath." as it began to dawn towards the first day and that word day is uh, uh, inserted there in the King James Version for clarity but it's not in the Greek it, it actually reads as it began to dawn towards the first of the week that word Sabbath there in the Greek is sabbaton and it's plural so that is actually saying that in the end of the Sabbaths, plural, more than one Sabbath. So it's not just talking about the weekly Sabbath, but that whenever they came to the tomb, it was after both those Sabbaths were over. The high convocation or the, or the high day Sabbath and the weekly Sabbath. After those days were completed or over with, then they came to the tomb. But also notice, if you would, that word week there, it is also the same word, sabbaton, which means weeks. It's plural. The first day of the week was the first day of the Feast of Weeks, those 50 days leading up to Pentecost. It was the beginning of the first day, Sunday, yes, that was the first day of the week, But that word day is is supplied there, and it could mean that, and it does mean that. Jesus did die and raise again and came back to life and came out of the tomb right as the first day of the week was started, because he came out after three days and three nights, which was, the Sabbath was the ending of that. But he also came at the beginning of the first of the Feast of Weeks. That word there, meaning week, is plural. Plural. He came out as it began to dawn towards the first of the first of the weeks, the weeks to come. These celebrations that is going to take place, the feast of weeks for these fifty days that's going to be from that day till the end. And if you remember, Jesus for forty days was seen by his disciples, and then uh, it was towards the end of that that he rose from the uh, that he ascended back to heaven, and then the disciples they went back. To Jerusalem. And they sit there and waited. And then the Holy Spirit came. On that 50th day. After Jesus had resurrected from the dead. It all lines up. With the feast. It all lines up with the law. It all lines up. With the days of the week. It all lines up. And keeps no contradictions. And so. That's why we got to dig sometimes. In the scripture and try to find out. What does this mean you know. Why does this seem to be contradicting contradicting itself? And pray, like I said, that the Lord gives that. Now, there are scriptures. uh, The last thing that I mentioned, by the way, is the symbolism. You know, the lamb was slain between the evenings on the day of preparation. Um, This is symbolic. of That Passover lamb is symbolic of what Christ was going to do. Uh, There's a couple of places in Scripture, if you'll look at Matthew 26 again, and uh, verse uh, 17, we're just about done. Matthew 26 and verse 17. It says, Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man and say unto him, The Master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now, this here shows that Jesus ate the Passover before he died. Okay? But now let's look at Luke 22. Luke twenty two. Luke twenty (coughs) two. Look at verse fifteen if you want. He said to them, with desire, I desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. So again we see that Jesus ate the Passover before he died with them. Some people say it wasn't the Passover meal that he ate, he ate something else. But Jesus here said I desire to eat the Passover with you. It was the Passover meal. But there seems to be contradiction whenever we see John eighteen twenty-eight, because it shows that the Passover was after Jesus died. At least it seems that way look at John 18 and verse 28 so we just read two verses that said Jesus ate the Passover before he died but in John 18 and verse 28 we see this then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment and it was early and they themselves went not into the judgment hall lest they should be defiled but that they might eat the Passover now This is after Jesus was arrested. Okay? This was after Jesus uh, was arrested. So they seem to be contradictory that Jesus uh, ate the Passover before he was arrested, before he died. But here we see that the chief priest, uh, uh, the Caiaphas and all of them, they uh, didn't go in because they didn't want to be defiled but that they might eat the Passover. After all this was done, they were going to go eat the Passover. Well here, this is what I was talking to you a while ago, that the scripture uh, corrects what people might say is a contradiction. It corrects them to show that there was two Passover observances. These observances take place on successive nights. On the first night of the Passover, that's when they do it in private homes. And the second night of the Passover, it was observed at the house of God. And so these men are talking about the Passover that was to be done at the house of God, which was after Jesus was taken into custody and died. But yet, the uh, uh, one that Jesus took was before that time, whenever they did it in the individual houses, which they did, by the way. They ate in an individual's house. They met together and ate the Passover together. So the lamb was uh, to be killed Uh, Between the evenings. And that was the two evenings. Leviticus tells us that it was to be. Between the evenings. And so Jesus fulfilled. Everything. As far as the law was concerned. The symbolism was concerned. As a sacrificial lamb. There is no contradiction. With the time. With the day. That he. uh, That he died and resurrected. It's all in conjunction with the Feast of Weeks and leading up to the day of Pentecost. You remember in Acts chapter 1 or maybe, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 2 verse 1 it says when the day of Pentecost was fully come that was that day, that 50th day of the day of of the Feast of Weeks led up to that 50th day. That's why it said when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Well, why does it mean fully come? Well, because this whole time for 49 days they have been celebrating this Feast of Weeks and on the 50th day was this celebration and that's why everybody was in Jerusalem during that time, by the way. there's all these people that was in Jerusalem for the Passover. They was in Jerusalem for the Feast of Weeks, for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And so 50 days, how long is that? Well, that's a little over a month, right? About a month and a half that they was there. By the way, this also fulfills some, it, depending on how people view things in Scripture, I believe in Daniel chapter 9, there is a literal and a spiritual application to Daniel chapter 9 whenever it says that in the middle of the week, Messiah would be cut off. Right? I believe that that means that in the middle of that, that period of time, uh, that, that, uh, that week here, That Jesus would be cut off. That would have been Wednesday. That's the middle of the week. That he'd be cut off. Now I also believe that that means something else spiritually, but not to get into that today. But you can take that as a literal interpretation of that. Jesus fulfilled that as well. If you want to take that as a literal thing, well, so there it is. It's there. It's hard to not look at that that way. I mean, whenever it says that in the middle of the week, Messiah would be cut off. And he actually was dying in the middle of the week, Wednesday. So, anyway, this contradiction of Jesus dying on Friday or Thursday and what the Bible teaches about Jesus' death and burial and resurrection is easily cleared up, well, I say easily, is cleared up by the Scripture and all contradictions are answered by the Word of God. Now, we might not be able to see them right away. We, it may take a while for the Spirit to teach us these things, for us to dig through the Scriptures and find all these things. But they're there, brethren. Your Bible is not incorrect. Your Bible is not false. It doesn't have errors in it. There's no contradictions in there. If there's any issues with understanding these Scriptures, and a seemingly contradiction is always going to be in our understanding of it. Not in God's writing of it. Or telling of it. And so that's why we hold to a Wednesday uh, crucifixion. And uh, a Saturday into Sunday resurrection. Alright does anybody have any questions? I'll oh, Go ahead and stop there. There's a lot that's there. And again I pray that it was in a way that was understandable. It boggles my mind. I told my family this morning. I don't know if I'm up for this this <laughs> morning because there was just so much there. I struggled with this all week long because there's more to it than even this. Uh, you know, there's the guys walking to the road to Emmaus and the phrases that they use on the third day, after the third day, the third day. All those, all those phrases seem to be contradictory, but as we dig into those things, we find that they're really not. Um, So, you know, there's a lot more there than what we're seeing. But I mainly wanted to deal with these verses because I think that the women doing the spices shows that there's two Sabbaths. And the two Sabbaths show that Jesus couldn't have been crucified on Friday or wouldn't have been able to fulfill the day before the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which was the Holy Convocation. The being crucified between the evenings uh, as the Passover lamb. So there would have been a lot of things that wouldn't be fulfilled uh, if Jesus had died on a different day than than Wednesday. And uh, again, I'm open for correction. If these things are wrong, I'm glad to hear it through the Scriptures. I don't want to hear it through Josephus and John Gill and John Calvin or anything like that. I want to see the biblical interpretation of these things and not the uh, man's interpretation of these things. Because, like I said, I don't care what calendar you use. I don't care what tradition you follow. I don't care how many quote unquote divines have said in the past this or that. If it doesn't accord with God's word, then I don't care what the seemingly uh, proof is. The proof is in God's word. That's where we go, right? All right. Anybody have a question, comment, anything to add? that seem to be (laughs) according to Scripture. Does everybody... everybody, (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot to take in, but uh, going back and forth, that's why I say I, I, I couldn't even do it. I'm glad that I found a few of these little helps, like the little sheet that I handed you guys out, that had some of those verses already pulled out that spoke of these things, because some of these things are very... And I, I, I mentioned this to our church all the time that whenever you're studying God's word, every word counts. And whenever you're looking at these things, just just you know, after the Sabbath, before the Sabbath. I mean, the, when you're reading those in their separate you know letters, you, you don't really pay attention to some of that stuff sometimes. But then you think, wait a minute, the Bible said that they did it after the Sabbath, but then it said that it was before the Sabbath. That don't seem right. See, just a couple of little words throws the whole thing off, and so that's why we kind of have to scour So, like I said, I'm I'm glad there's been, you know, others that's kind of studied these things out and has you know, brought attention to some of these uh, contradictions and some of these words that throws a little bit of light on what actually happened, and uh, and everything. So, yeah, it's it's good to it's good to see that. One of these days, I pray the Lord will give me understanding and give me light on all that Old Testament. Because I'll be honest with you, I struggle in the Old Testament. I struggle with all the laws and all the types and foreshadows and how to look at some of those things. And uh, I just have to take them one at a time as I study them and look for Christ in it. Always look for Christ in those things. though. Don't be looking for something else. Look for Christ in it. But sometimes, whenever I'm looking at it, I get overwhelmed. Uh, You know, what does this mean? How could that, what is this talking about? How does it tie into Christ? But I tell you what, the Holy Spirit's job is to take this word and to make Christ known to us and to show us Christ in all these scriptures. And so, if we pray to the Spirit, or pray pray to God, pray to Christ, He'll give His Spirit and He'll give us light in His time and uh, give us the understanding of those things. But don't don't seek those don't seek the understanding and and rest on it because it's something a man said and all this stuff that I said today don't take it because I said it take it to see you know whether these things will be true or not you know and uh, see whether or not uh, uh, it aligns with the scripture all right well if nobody has anything this battle will be dismembered Father once again we thank you for the day and we thank you for the Word of God. Uh, we thank you for the light that is given as it's given by the Holy Spirit and we pray Lord that these things have been in accordance to your word and again we pray Lord that if if it's not that you would correct us and that you would show us the truth and that we would do all things to to the honoring of Christ Jesus. I pray for those that have been listening or watching. Lord I pray that the the Spirit has made clear the things that have been said, given understanding, teaching Uh, Lord although my Uh, ability to speak and my ability to outline and and to make things uh, uh, coherent it seems to falter many times lord but yet it's not i who teaches it is the spirit and we're thankful for that we're thankful it doesn't depend upon the oratory skills of the preacher but upon the holy spirit who gives understanding so lord we pray that today that that christ was magnified in all these things. And that's truly what we wanted to do with this study is to magnify the fact that our Savior, Christ Jesus, has done all things on our behalf and has fulfilled all the Old Testament law, has done all things for our benefit, for our obedience before you. And Lord, that he was our perfect substitute sacrifice who was sacrificed according to the law of God. And so, Father, we we just thank you today for all that Christ has done for us, even in these seemingly... Uh, contradictory things, Lord, we know that they're not, but Lord, they are very intricate down to the very minute, very the very items that, that was there whenever they cast lots was according to your purpose and plan, whenever they said the things that they said, whenever Jesus said the words that he said was according to your uh, decree and, and your purpose, and that all things were fulfilled, so that as Christ our perfect substitute could go to heaven saying that I have done the will of my Father. And Lord, we are so thankful for that because because through that, we have been saved. And Lord, we are so grateful for that today. Be with these brethren as they leave today, that you might keep them safe. And Father, I pray that you just might help them this week uh, in the times of, of struggle, in the times of of uh, uh, encouragement, Lord, that you might be with them in the ups and downs of this life. But more than anything, Father, I pray that you'd be with them that as you give opportunity to speak the gospel, that they might speak the truth of Christ and share that with those that they are around. We thank you again. We pray for Brother Ed this morning. I don't know where he's at this morning, but I pray that you'd be with him, that you'd minister to him, that you might be keep him safe, Lord, and uh, that he might be back with us again uh, next Lord's Day. Again, uh, we're so grateful for all that you have done for us. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.